Today's episode of the podcast is a very raw and vulnerable one. I share very intimately about some big fears I'm sitting with right now, some inner judgment and struggles I'm dealing with, having arrived at a place in my life where actually I should probably just be grateful. And I'm having a hard time letting go of past versions of me so I can fully step into the version of myself that I am now. So this episode, for anyone who struggles with feelings of unworthiness or that equates success and accomplishment with being loved, this episode might be extra special for you. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's jump in. Hello, hello, my darling friends. Welcome back to the show. It's time for a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I, uh, <laughs> I'm having kind of a hard week, okay? I don't know how you are doing. I hope you are doing beautifully. We're kind of reaching that the end of January. I, I'm, I'm trying to sit here just anchor a little bit deeper into the season that we're in right now and the cycles that we're in with through nature and what's actually happening outside my doorstep. And, you know, if I look out through the window, tuning into the energy, at least in the Northern hemisphere where I am, and a lot of you are the energy of, of the earth in this region right now, which is so very, very anchored in regeneration and restoring and a sense of tuning inward, a quieting, a resting. I mean, this is a wintering, right? It's a resting, resting phase for, for all of nature and should be slash could be for, for all of us. And I am uh, having kind of a rough week in that I, 
I'm feeling very ambivalent inside. I feel a huge need to do exactly that, to, to listen to nature and to mimic what is happening outside in nature right now and to just cocoon as much as possible and ground as much as possible and be as quiet as possible. And then I have this other side of me that is actually telling me that, hey, you got to like work a little harder right now. It really is time for you to kick things into a, a, another gear. You are exactly now 20 weeks pregnant. <laughs> so I'm officially got to the halfway point. Yay. I feel like I'm way further along than that. Just physically how I'm feeling in my body. I feel, I feel more like I'm eight months pregnant than like four and a half. I feel like I've been pregnant for years already. How is that possible? How, how? Someone tell me. But yeah, that I don't have that much time left before baby. I'm sensing this, like a bit of stress actually to, to do more, that I should be acting differently, spending my day and my time differently. I feel a sense of f FOMO, I guess, in that I, I'm, I'm missing out on a lot of things. And all the decisions that I've made over the past couple of years that actually led me to this place. And if I, if I think about that and I really take myself back in time, so you might remember this if you've been listening to this show for a long time, maybe you haven't heard this at all, but I uh, came from a really intense burnout, came from a, a working life and a working scenario that was completely both un manageable, like both just completely overwhelming and not sustainable in any way, burning me out intensely, but also very gratifying where I got a lot of external validation for working at the pace I was working for doing as many things as I was doing for managing as many companies and employees. And just, there was a, a big sense of, of gratification there and validation there that I received in that idea of success. And I knew deep down it wasn't working for me. You know, I wasn't feeling good inside. It wasn't that the more <laughs> our companies grew, the better I felt. No, the more employees we had, the, the bigger sense of, of peace I felt in, with it. No, no, that was not the case at all. It was, it was the opposite, really. The more things I did, the more things I took on, the less peace I felt within, the more overwhelm I felt. And of course, my body started showing physical symptoms of just that the way I was working wasn't working. <laughs> and no amount of yoga is going to balance out that kind of a lifestyle. None. And I was trying to do that. I was trying to maintain a, a way of life that was completely unsustainable, that was actually really damaging me and it was really harmful to me. And I was trying to balance that out. Well, if I just do enough self-care, I'll be fine. And at a certain point, you realize, well, that's, that doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work that way. And the point also of, of, of a really serious self-care practice shouldn't be so that we can just kill ourselves in all the other areas of our lives. And then we put these Band-Aids on and that will make it work. I can make it through the week if I just get to this one yoga class, you know. <clears throat> and that's kind of how I was doing things. And it's not how I wanted to live. And so I look back at that time 2019 being one of the most 
yeah, 2017, 18, and 19 were probably the most overwhelming years of my life in terms of work. And also, if I look at that time, the most gratifying years of my life in terms of work. Um, if I look back at everything I, I did and created and generated and how we grew and all the exciting stuff I got to be a part of. And of course, it's like this, you know, having a career that's blossoming is, is very exciting and very fun. And until it wasn't, right, until it didn't work. And and I decided to slow down and to, to change. And, and what I was longing for really was time off. I was longing for just a quiet, quiet life, a simple, simple life. And I thought, oh, I'm going to take a year off, which didn't mean to stop everything. It just meant a year moving to something that was probably more normal in a sense of a working life. And then um, right at that time, the pandemic came. And I got all the things I wished for and a lot of things I didn't wish for. And everything changed. And all the decisions that I made at that time, the things I was longing for at that time, really essentially took me exactly where I am here. I didn't end up in the life I have today, in the life situation I'm sitting in right now. It wasn't random. It wasn't, you know, crazy. It wasn't purposeless. It wasn't strange. It's not like, holy crap, how did I get here? I very intentionally... um started shifting my life and started longing for something that resembled this. So if I, if I look at that now kind of objectively, essentially what I did is I put a stop to my career in a, in a way. And that sounds very dramatic. It wasn't dramatic. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of how things go. If you start saying no to everything, um, you're going to do less. Right? If you stop taking new projects on, you're going to have new pro less projects to manage in a day. If you stop growing your team, your team is going to be smaller. If you focus less on things that generate revenue, you're going to generate less revenue. Like All of these decisions that I made to stop, to pause, to slow down, to, to live and work differently, I did very intentionally knowing that this is what's right. This is what I need. And now I suddenly find myself in this dream life that I would at the peak of burnout and despair just kind of like it was it felt even too far away for me to even dream about it felt so inaccessible and back then I didn't even have a clear dream of a farm I just had a clear dream of space and peace and nature and then it took some time for that dream to turn into a dream of land a dream of a homeland, even a dream of something ancestral became a dream of a farm, a dream of something, a lifestyle that's more self-sustaining, you know, all, all, everything just kind of grew into this. And now here I am sitting in my farmhouse, like looking out at the, at the land here, at our own trees. Like I made it, I could cry right now because it feels so bizarre like I made it and I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> That's my feeling in this moment. Like I made it and I don't know what to do with it. And I, I guess I, I thought that I would just 
arrive at this place eventually at some point in my life, which I thought would be far, far, far from this moment, like years ahead. And I would just feel this huge sense of peace and relief. And now, like I, I can let everything go. Like now my life is so, so like different and perfect and everything I wanted. And instead, at least this week, obviously this changes all the time. What I'm feeling right now is like I, this ambivalence. Did I, did I mess everything up? Did I kill my career putting a stop to everything? Like, where am I actually, where am I actually heading? Like, ha. <laughs> and, I, and I know I'm, I'm asking myself these questions from this hugely privil privileged place. Like, I'm asking myself these questions because I have the space all of a sudden to ask these questions. I'm not in a panic. I'm not in a, like, I'm okay. I'm here. I'm fine. Everything is actually really beautiful. But at the same time, I'm sensing this. And I don't know if it's true, if it's my voice or if it's society's voice. This like, oh, so you're just going to let everything go? Like, we're just going to sell the studio? Am I going to put an end to social media, which is something I think about all the freaking time, like never pick up another project, never do another thing and just let everything I, I worked toward, everything I spent so much time and so many years of my life building, like that's just over now. I'm just going to be a mom in a farmhouse growing vegetables. Like, like, is that it? <laughs> and then I think about that and I'm like, well, That was literally everything you asked for. <laughs> If I look back at those years, all I wanted was to be a mom. And you've heard me say that on this podcast. I just want to be a mom <laughs> at home growing vegetables. It's all I want to do with my life is find a plot of land and tend to it. And the feeling that I'm sitting with now is kind of that thing like, be careful what you wish for. It might come true. And then what? Because now that things are settling into more of a routine, we actually are living on this land. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? What am I doing now? Like, how am I structuring my day? Should I be picking things back up, like getting back to work and, you know, <laughs> focus on building again and getting back to some more like sensible routine for, for growing the business, right? And then I'm like, well, like, that's not that's not really what I want to do because then I wouldn't be here. Right. And I'm not pursuing anything like that, but that voice inside is telling me that, oh, well, you're focusing on all the wrong things. And this week I haven't known which voice to trust. That's, I guess, the challenging thing. I don't know if it's my higher self that's telling me to, to let everything go, be a mom, grow your vegetables, like enjoy your life. Like that to me actually sounds like a life to enjoy. And there's a part of me deep, deep, deep inside that feels like life is not meant to be enjoyed. Like that's really not the point. Life is also, we're meant to, to, to struggle. We're meant to really fight for things. We're meant to like, life is normally like a little bit of an uphill battle. So if all of a sudden it's not, <laughs> and it sounds like so ridiculous and stupid, I should just be celebrating and excited and enjoying everything that's happening now. But instead, I feel this sense of like loss right now. And if I hold that, like, what am I losing? What is the, I, I don't even, like, what am I losing? I'm losing a burnout. I'm losing a, 
running 500 miles per hour in a direction I never even like decided really what it was. I'm losing what, like fame, (laughs) social media, engagement, like what? Like, like, like the things I don't care about, never cared about. But I guess got a lot of validation around. Tons, right? There's something to that, to that as well. And I feel like now that I'm here and I'm pregnant, and I'm, I'm getting to just like look at and plan out the year ahead. Like I have four months-ish before there's a new little like baby here and then my life is going to be that again which I've longed for so much and I'm also so terrified of because it was so hard the first time around and even though I know this time around is different like I get to choose to make it different I already did like I already set life up in a way that it, everything is different it's not the same and now there's that little voice inside that like you're gonna just like miss out on all of that stuff miss out on everything. It's so hard to distinguish between the inner voice of, well, this is the life that I want versus the many outer voices of, well, this is the life you should strive for. And if I get really, really, really close, like close to myself and get really raw and just honest and vulnerable, like I would love to put everything away. Like I would love to to put my phone away and never pick it back up. I would love to put social media away and not do that anymore. Like that whole, this whole thing. But at the same time, it feels completely unreasonable. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't like, it sounds like just a very ungrateful, stupid decision to make because who would, who would let go of something like that? right? It's something that just so many people just fight for and that I fought for for so long. And now I'm just going to put it away. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Yesterday, we, I went to Stockholm with Leia. I had an appointment and we walked into a, a bakery 
afterwards just to have like a like a snack and a coffee or something and she normally this thing she does whenever we meet a new person or we walk into an establishment is she just announces very loudly for everyone or whoever she happens to be talking to to say my mommy has a baby in her belly or my mama's pregnant like she says that very loudly to everyone she meets so I'm used to her kind of doing that like she's not She's the person we walk into a bakery and she just like cuts in line, charges to the front and is like, excuse me, do you have chocolate cake? <laughs> you know, And I'm like, honey, there's a line, like come back here. Like she's so talkative and forward and, and fun. But yesterday, instead of saying that, she like charges up to the, to the, to the counter and she says, my mama used to be a yoga teacher in Aruba, but now she's just pregnant. <laughs> Mind you, she's telling strangers this like very loudly in like a very small intimate cafe setting, like as if they were in the middle of a conversation or like someone had asked her, what does your mommy do? My mommy used to be a yoga teacher in Aruba, but now she's just pregnant. (laughs) And it was fun because the girl at the counter was like, wait, oh my God, are you yoga girl? I was like, yes, hi, hi, hello. Like, like, stop it. And then we had like a really nice conversation with that, with that lady. She was super sweet, but it lingered with me a little bit. And I told Dennis when I came home, like what she said, like I used to be a yoga teacher in Aruba and now I'm just pregnant. And I'm like, fuck, like she nailed it. (laughs) She, She nailed it. Like that's that she really nailed the feeling and the thoughts and the fears and the judgments that are like floating around in my brain right now without us talking about this at all at home or in the family. It's just like I used to be, <laughs> I used to be this traveling, very international person with sold out stadiums for class, right? On the cover of Women's Health magazine and doing like important interviews and going on TV and meeting celebrities and writing books and, you know, selling stuff, (laughs) leading teacher trainings and running a yoga studio and doing all this, like, you know, there was like a, a grandness to that life where everything was so great. Everything was so big. Look at all this stuff. And I kind of had that identity too. Like, look at all this stuff I'm pulling off. Like, look at everything I'm creating. I, and I felt so great in that. I felt so accomplished in that. And, and everything had this like heart-centered foundation to it. And I'm going to make all this money and we're going to give it all away and start these foundations and then do this for it. Like, I felt like so, I don't know, I felt, like my life felt so big in a way. And so much of it was be- so beautiful and remarkable and extraordinary and I would never you know change it or take it back for anything but deep down in so much of that so much of so many of those years I was just frantically trying to hold on I wasn't that person and I feel like I see a lot of those people on the internet I don't know if it's true for them but I see a lot of those people online they're they're all coaches of some kind. They're all some kind of self-help guru. And, you know, they've written 11 books and they're always like on stages, giving keynote speeches to, to important people. And they're telling us on, in an Instagram reel, how we're supposed to live. And, you know, you know, you know, the people, right? Like I follow a bunch of them online and, um, 
Like, I feel like I looked like that person probably, but I never felt like one. I was just frantically kind of holding on, taking, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, making it through my day, puzzling things together, not really having enough time for a big picture plan or to really check in with, hey, is this, like, how are you doing in all of this? Like you're, yeah, kind of like this monkey doing this big dance. Dennis used to always, like he had this inside joke, whenever I had a big appearance of some kind, like a really, I don't know, um, yeah, like a big interview or whenever we had to do anything on TV, which I've always hated. I've never had an experience um, on TV, whether in the States or in Sweden that I didn't like feel weird about. Like, I don't know, there's something about about it that just never, I, I've always felt like everyone asks the same questions. <laughs> no one's really interested. There's not like an in-depth thing here where we're going into something vulnerable and true. It always felt like, yeah, especially if it was in the States and they would always be, okay, well, we're interviewing Rachel Brayton, yoga girl. You have so many followers on Instagram. That's fascinating. How did you do that? You have a book out and it's always like I had, I was promoting something and there was always, always a component of, okay, well, you need to give us like the yoga pose to do, um, to tone your abs, right? Or like, could you show us a few, a few yoga poses for this and this? Or can you teach our like host to do a hands? Like there was always something and I fucking, I hated it. I hated it so much. I, I always, always despised it for the first years I always thought like, whatever they ask, I have to do it, right? It's like, I should just be grateful to get this exposure and to be on TV or whatever I'm doing. So yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I always felt like this is reducing this very intimate thing that I do in private, like in a in circle with people or, you know, it's this ancient like science of yoga and you want me to give you a pose to tone your abs. Like it was just like, I hated it. It was so stupid. And then it's new, of course. And he would do this thing right before I would go on, whatever the thing was, where he would lean in and just whisper like, dance, monkey, dance. And then he would give me a wink, like just like our little thing, like just don't forget that this is all a show. This is all dumb. (laughs) Like this is not life. Just like this is all like a song and dance here that everybody does. Like whoever is, you know, like you have a book to sell, you will do the stuff that you need to do to sell your book the appearances that your publisher wants you to do, whatever your PR person, you know, thinks is good. Like I always just like did all those things, but there was some such truth to that. Like dance, monkey dance, like do the song and dance until I got to a point where like, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. This is so inauthentic to me. This feels so out of integrity. Like I'll come and do this thing that you want me to do, but we're not going to like have a yoga mat there. We're not going to do that. We can talk about like what I wrote in my book, (laughs) like for my second book. I had that in a little, yeah, that was just my criteria. Like I won't do any of those kinds of things. And then it's not as exciting, right? For the people who want the interview, because it's not as easy to sell. It's not as clickable, you know? And I had that feeling in so much of what I was doing, this feeling of like franticness. Like I just have to go along with everything. I have to do everything. And a lot of that, and of course, not all the time, like I've had great experiences also, but there was a a part to that, that exposed side, right? The things that didn't happen on the mat, the things that didn't happen in circle, 
the thing I felt like I always had to do to keep the machine going in a way, if that makes sense. Like I, I loved writing my book, for example. I loved having the books out there in the world, um, having them read, but I didn't want to do the tour, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> like I've, I'd never enjoyed that, like ever, like just that intense stress of every day you're in a new city, every day you're in a new place, every day you have a new interview with a person you've never met that you're never going to meet again every day you have a new appearance and it, it's like to me that was the periphery that's the thing you have to do to get your book into the world and what I wanted to have was just my book in the world I want to skip that step but no one gets to skip that step right unless you're freaking like who skips that step Liz Gilbert like we're talking like sell millions of copies of something Stephen King's Stephen King like Stephen you know like you you're you're someone selling millions and millions of books yeah you don't have to do all that kind of stuff anymore but for most people most authors most everybody in every field like you got to hustle to get your to get your stuff into the world that makes total sense no one gets to just skip that just because what you don't like like you built a platform you built an audience from doing handstands on the beach and now like you're too good to do a handstand like in a TV studio, like, come on, you know, like I just, I don't know. I felt like I was being ungrateful and I just should just shut up and do whatever. But at a certain point, like when I got to my second book and those tours, I was like, I'm not going to do this, but I'll, we'll, I'll do like the intimate stuff. We can do heart to hearts. Like I'll talk about anything, like relive anything we'll talk about grief and death like we'll go there but just don't make me give you like a yoga pose you can do at the office like no no we're not doing that like it's not who I am it's not what it feels like it's producing everything I'm sharing and all of that like that feeling that I had that I just had to keep going and I had to say yes and then this and then this and then this it got more and more intense of course when I got pregnant and way more intense when I had my baby. And what I realized and something that I'm just feeling again now, like deep, deeply, and it's, it's very similar in the just muscle memory of being pregnant is being pregnant the first time around. I, I, I suddenly couldn't tolerate bullshit anymore. I just had a very low threshold for untruth, um, for things that felt inauthentic, for things that felt out of integrity, for I would be easily triggered by people, you know, like pregnancy obviously makes you more sensitive, puts you in touch with a lot of different new things. But I'm sitting with that same feeling now of like, I can't take any bullshit. And I guess the difference now and then is that then I really felt like I had a plan, like I had a path. Like I'm on this show here, like I'm on this free train that I created and I just have to keep it going right? It's supporting a lot of people now. It's not just supporting my family, but we have all of this, all this staff and all these people and all these things that we're doing. And it's my job just to keep going. And I found myself in pregnancy the first time around, all of a sudden saying no to a lot of things because it didn't feel right. And I didn't have the patience to do it anyway. <laughs> if, that may, if that makes sense. And I can see that kind of in Leia's like personality also, like she will just tell you as it is. You can't bullshit her. You can't lie to her. You can't make some, like she knows everything. Like you can't, it's just like, here's what it is. Just straight to the truth, straight to the point with her, like everything unfiltered. And that's how I felt in pregnancy.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At the same time, because all of that was kind of held by this false sense of just enormous success, you know, enormous success, like this, everything is going so well. And look at how much money we're generating and look at how everything is growing. And, you know, basically I, I could have at that point in my life decided anything like, oh, I want to start a magazine. I decided that 2019. Let's start a magazine. We had Yoga Girl magazine. We had a publisher. We had a first draft. We like went all the way down this road. And then the pandemic came and it was scrapped because of the pandemic. But I had those, that kind of privilege where you have a brand that's so strong and a community that's so vast and large that you can just sit back and go like, hey, like what would be super cool to just put out into the world? And I mean, there's a, like, there's a privilege to that, that, that just feels ridiculous ridiculous to take for granted, right? Feels like almost like <laughs> harmful to not take advantage of, right? Like it's like if you ever end up in a place like that, you just gotta do everything. You gotta say yes to everything and just take the ball and run. And my problem was that I had done that for, for so long. And then when I was pregnant, I started realizing like, okay, I have the ball, I'm running. I have all this stuff here. Like we have 50 50 employees across all these entities. We have this huge studio, sold out stuff, you know, back to back and we have a clothing line coming. I'm making a magazine. I'm writing this other book now and I'm just a million things. And I have the ball and I'm, I'm fucking running. I'm running as fast as I can. But where am I going? <laughs> like that's what pregnancy brought me. That first eye-opening like a moment of where the fuck am I going <laughs> like, like if we're here now and, and this is supposed to be like the thing and I have no idea like I'm just running <laughs> I'm just running aimlessly trying to just like feel really grateful for all of these things and and just like do everything with some like shred of integrity while just holding on to to sanity and health and and it was just so made so clear to me <laughs> in pregnancy that, oh no, <laughs> like this, there's a lot of things that you're doing in your day to day that are not working. Like you're running really fast and you don't even know where you're going. Like that doesn't, that shit's not going to fly. And somehow, I guess I kind of thought that, I don't know, I, I thought that I would just, I would have a baby and I would just keep running but motherhood, motherhood doesn't allow for that. At least it didn't for me. Motherhood for me was this huge like shakeup of everything I thought I knew about myself, everything I thought I knew about life, realizing that like all of this stuff I've been doing, like actually that shit does not, it doesn't even matter. I thought I was doing all of these important things, but, you know, and I thought I would want to keep doing all of these important things at the same pace and level that I was. And I didn't. All of a sudden, it was my first moment of like, well, actually, I just want to like be home, be a mom and, and grow vegetables. <laughs> 
And it took all the way till to 2019 for me to really, really anchor into that, that no, no, we're not, no more of this. Like this has to stop. This has to slow down. This has to become something different. Like I can keep the ball, but I'm not going to run. I'll like walk leisurely with this ball. <laughs> if I get to have my, my baby on my hip, you know, and then maybe like I can do like a brisk little like jog maybe at certain moments if needed, <laughs> like I can up my pace, but I'm not fucking running anymore. And I want to know where this path is taking me. Like I want to have a clear aim and a clear goal of where the hell I'm going. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I started my garden. I started growing vegetables, began slowing down and then boom, pandemic. <laughs> oh my God. And everything changed and everything stopped and everything became different and nothing was the same. And then came mold. Like for us, we went from pandemic into mold and sickness. And just that like vision of like, I want to walk leisurely holding my ball became like, fuck the ball. (laughs) Fuck all of this. Like, I don't want to say yes to any of this stuff anymore. I just want to like sit now. I don't want to walk with it anymore. I just want to have my like hands in the dirt in one place. Like I just want to be anchored here on the ground and I want to be a mom and I want to grow vegetables. Like, can I please just, can I please just have that? And now, yeah, I mean, I've spent 33 minutes of this podcast, like taking me here and now I'm like, I'm here now. Like, how did that happen? Like, how, I don't even know why I'm crying about it, but like, I can really feel this tenderness toward myself, just the intensity of the longing that I felt in those really crazy years, right? Just the intensity of like, I just want to stop. I just want to stop. I just want to stop. And it took a long time to stop, like stopping your life and changing course and carving out a brand new path, like starting something completely different, stopping everything you've ever known and then doing it differently. Like that takes courage. It takes time. You know, it's not just like drop of a dime and everything is is done. You know, it takes time. And and I'm here now. And I'm and I'm and I'm here now. What? And I'm 20 weeks pregnant and my five-year-old and my husband just walked through the door downstairs. Like I just heard them close the door. And I'm sitting here in this farmhouse with land surrounding me, just waiting for me to put my hands into the dirt. Like I haven't even, I haven't even you know, it's January. We've lived here <laughs> almost a month. I haven't planted a single seed yet. I haven't, haven't put my hands into the dirt yet. And then this whole week, I've just been fucking terrified that I've made all the wrong decisions. That what if this wasn't right? Did I throw a whole career away? You know, I could be, could be like, writing my fifth book by now could be sitting and training with people changing someone's life. I could be 
with a foundation that's huge, making massive change for people in need. I could be, could be, could be, you know, could be, could have. And instead it's like, well, like that's not, that's not the intentions that you set. It's not the longing that you had. It's not the direction that you set for yourself at all. Like this is it. You asked to be a mom and and to grow vegetables. And now like you actually made it here and you're, (laughs) and I'm scared shitless. (laughs) And I don't know why I'm so scared this week. I, 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 I've been trying to just kind of allow myself these feelings and try not to worry about sounding ungrateful. Like whenever I speak into this microphone here and I share the podcast with you, like I, I really, really envision I'm speaking to my friends, right? I'm speaking like in that unfiltered, honest way that I would speaking to my best friends, like my people. And I, even though I know there's no matter what I say, there's going to be people out there who receive it or, you know, interpret it in a way that's like, oh, well, God, like, who is she to complain? Right? Just shut the fuck up. Just be happy for your perfect life and don't ask these questions and, you know, talk about something else or, yeah. yeah. And this whole week I've had those kinds of voices, almost like my my brain is more tuned in to, to the part of the world that, that doesn't approve of what I do, the part of the world that judges me, the part of the world that doubts me, that I don't know. And I don't know why that's that kind of voice has been so loud or why all of a sudden I'm here with this, with this fear. And someone asked me like, are you, is it a genuine concern like that? You're not going to be able to provide for your family. Cause that's, that's one thing. Like if you stop working and you stop doing all these things that have been like putting food on the table for your family and then you don't and you decide to not anymore, then yeah, like that could be a very like real voice of I'm I'm worried about supporting myself, for example. Or is it like that idea of what success means? Like very few people, like society doesn't really view being a mom growing vegetables as a successful person. There's not a lot of validation from the outside world coming from that. And actually, I find that the more I talk about doing things differently, the more challenged I get, right? People don't like that I want to birth this baby alone at home. Like people are really upset about that. <laughs> people don't like the idea of, of stepping outside of the system and like living on your own terms, like not doing the traditional things talking about the food we eat and like there's a lot of resistance there because anything that challenges the norm you know is is going to be scary and strange and weird so I, I maybe the maybe the reason I'm sitting here feeling all of a sudden like overwhelmed and scared that I'm making all the wrong choices <laughs> is that I'm I'm listening to the wrong people maybe maybe I I need more of a community around myself, like in person around what what we're doing now. I, I don't know anyone here um, who lives this life, right? I don't know. I don't know any homesteaders. I don't know any farmers aside from my cousins and it's different kind of farming. <laughs> it's like they have like a thousand cows and 
it's different. <laughs> I mean, I can ask them for advice about certain stuff, but you know what I mean? That like familiar sense of community that you have when you live closely connected to people who are interested in the same things that you are. And I think lately I've been feeling pretty alone. Yeah, like I like I've carved out a little island here. Like this farm, it's really remote. Like it really is. You know, it's not like we're, you know, hours and hours away from civilization, but it's not like we're in community. No, no. And I met um I met a family this week. Leia called him the chicken man. <laughs> it's a the guy who's going to be designing our new chicken run, like a chicken coop. <laughs> I mean, this is the stuff we should be talking about, right? <laughs> This is the stuff that really excites us. Um, the guy who's designing our chicken coop, and he brought his daughter, and his daughter is the same age as Leia. They had a blast, and he was telling, and they, he has a farm with his wife, but it's like two or three hours away, and and they have that same kind of intention as we do, just wanting to live from the land and wanting to be self sustaining and have a permaculture farm, and it's like all the stuff that I want to do. And they're yeah, three hours away. And I asked him, like, what's the biggest challenge he's found so far with transitioning to this lifestyle? And he said, it's really lonely. Like, it's been the hardest thing. It's been very hard to find community, especially for the kids, because people don't live like this, like here. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not common. And, uh, yeah, and I felt a little bit, like, not defeated by that, but I felt like, oh, yeah. So maybe what this, me sharing these feelings and the story, like really what this is, is like setting an intention to find community around the life I live now. I feel like I had really strong community in that other lifestyle, the one that made me run so fast with the ball for so long. And now it's like, there's got to be a lot of people out there who also want to just like, stop running and like hand the ball to someone else we can sit naked on the earth i want to be that like kid you know what you see, see a kid in a like puddle of water like i want to be that kid who like <laughs> runs into the mud and just sits down and like oh, doesn't care <laughs> you know what i mean anyone who has kids you all know what i mean <laughs> we've all been like oh no as our kid like crawls into the huge puddle of mud after a rainy <laughs> afternoon like we've all seen that I kind of like I want to I want that that childlike just like fuck it and that connection to nature that kids have where it's so effortless you know we don't have to plan we were talking about that who are we talking about that with I think our Patrick and Olivia are friends. No, we were talking about running. No, with another friend that like, it was Patrick's birthday. We went to brunch and we, I don't know how we started talking about this around the table, but that we want to just like run more like how kids run. <laughs> Not like we go for a run and you put on your running shoes and you go running, but you know how kids just run for no reason. <laughs> like Just because like they have run in them and they just run. <laughs> Like that kind of like spontaneous ability to listen to the body where, oh, I need to run now. You just run. 
just run for a few seconds and then like you walk again like just like <laughs> we were talking about how funny that would be like in the city like going to your meetings or whatever like all dressed for what for the day and then like you're just running <laughs> i love it I think when I get really quiet, I know which voice inside it really is the true one. And I also know that to really make space for a new dream and to make it reality, because I'm in that place now where the foundation of this dream is real, but I have to work now to make it true. Like I have to, I can't just sit here. <laughs> I mean, I could have a farmhouse on a farm and like watch Netflix all day and not do shit. You know, I, I like this, this is not going to be the life that I want it to be if I don't get out there and work for it and create it. And a farm is not a little work. Like it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's not running as fast as you can in an aimless direction kind of work. It's probably work that feels a little bit more hands to earth, right? That's the whole point or a lot more hands to earth. But I have to like make this happen now. And I think whenever we make space for a new dream to really become reality, like sometimes we have to let go of an old one. And I think this whole time, this past couple of years, I've kind of held on to that. Well, event like I'm going to start the machine back up again, right? I'm going to I'm going to do more. I'm going to get back to work. I'm going to like the intensity of everything is going to just come back. I just have to dial it back up and just just find the direction and then I'll pick up the ball and I'll like run again. And now I'm getting that feeling that probably it's not going to happen. Like it's not going to be that. Like I'll find something else probably. It's not like I'm going to disappear from the face of the earth. Like I'm here with you. This podcast is forever. As long as you're listening, I'll be here talking. <laughs> um, but everything else in my life that falls under the umbrella of work, it's like probably not going to be what it was. <laughs> It's probably not going to return to what it was. It's not going to be the same. And if I want to really step into this new dream, I have to let go of that version of myself. And maybe that's the fear. Probably that's the fear. Probably that's the that scared shitless feeling because there's a lot of me that I know in that. Like I know who I am in those roles. And if I all of a sudden put them away and Leia comes running and like, my mom used to be a yoga teacher in Aruba and now she's just pregnant. <laughs> that fucking kid, man. Like, like that's just like, that's my whole week right there. Like that's my whole life. Like just, just pregnant. And like, can I feel enough being just pregnant? You know, can I let me be enough? Can I allow myself to just be the way I am? Can I feel enough? Can I feel held? Can I allow myself love? Can I really rest in being who I am if I'm just pregnant or just growing my vegetables or just doing something different? You know, can I find the value of who I am in who I am and not what I do? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> um, I don't know if if you resonate a lot with what I'm saying here, but I think we all have a lot of that experience of having our identities wrapped up in the things we produce, right? And the things we accomplish, 
the success. I use air quotes around success because what the fuck does that word even mean? And if all of a sudden that's taken away or we start to consciously change those things because we realize they weren't working for us, well then, like, where is our worth then? What are we deserving of? If you genuinely believe that you are lovable because you work really hard or you genuinely believe because you are lovable because you are of service, you're lovable because you're successful, you're lovable when you accomplish things and solve problems for people and then all of a sudden you have more pro- no more problems to solve or all of a sudden that success goes, like then, then where's, where is your love? Where do you go? Who do you become? What are you worthy of? (laughs) Sitting on the couch doing nothing, being useless. Like, are we worthy of love also then? Are we lovable also then? Like when we're sick, (laughs) when we're tired, when we stop, when we rest, when we're pregnant, when we do nothing, when we accomplish nothing. Like, it's a big deal to ask ourselves these questions and it's a big deal to examine our inner workings around all of these shifts that I think are coming our way for for a lot of reasons right now. And for me, a really easy way to find myself, my find my way to an answer is to look at my kid, soon to be kids, right? Like, Is there a moment in my daughter's life where she's less lovable? (laughs) Like she could do literally anything and she couldn't be more worthy of love. Like there's nothing she could possibly do or not do to be less worthy of love. And I see it so easy looking at her. It's so clear when we look at our kids that that is just the fundamental irreversible truth like that is it so why is it so hard to see that in ourselves why is it so hard to accept that about ourselves that also me yes here this adult version of that kid i used to be i'm just as worthy just as beautiful just as whole just as lovable as she is thank you for listening today sorry for crying (laughs) not sorry but you know (laughs) um take care of your inner child this week i have a feeling we need a little bit more loving attention toward our inner little ones they're there asking for something almost all the time so take care of your inner little one And your inner big one too. Just extra, extra self-love for all of us this whole week. From the Heart, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.